Oh, did um, you grease your pants? No, I just spilled orange juice. Okay, on that's stuff. better than grease. Which I missed the coat. That's sure. That's all I care about. Um, but those are your good package pants. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, even though Django's not here, he's definitely on our mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> with your with your disgusting <laughs> sound making. Take a leak. Tell me about why. I cracked myself up. Last day, you can put the interview up instead. It's either 68 or 69, I think. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I know which one I'm hoping for. Me too. But <laughs> welcome to a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode not 169, but oh. 168, which is a great number to have. But I know that we all would have had a communal nice <laughs> if it was uh, if it was next week. But listen, join us next week. Time travel with us, 169, where every Tuesday we get a whole bunch of comic books to bring to our comic shop, and, um, you know, then we read them all. Sometimes we just look at the pictures in them, because there's not a ton of text in them. Uh, and then we bring all those books here to our comic shop that we that we spend, God, all of our loving lives in, and love doing it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, go upstairs to the old pap cave in the sky, move on up, and record a podcast either related to or unrelated to the comic shop that we uh, know and love. The lives that we are indifferent towards, or the comic <laughs> books, the comings and goings of the comic books. Listen, we missed a week last week. It was a skip week. We had an interview, and my brain's a little bit rusty. <laughs> I am Jeff, and uh, I appreciate everyone. Appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Roman, and I, I appreciate you, too. And the other schmucks, too. The band? Yeah, yeah. Some twice, yeah. He's a big U2 head. Ed, Edge made, made me an honorary member. Edge made you an honorary member? Mm-hmm. Sure, Good. I believe that. <laughs> Definitely happened. Yeah. yeah, hey, it was said on here. It's fact now. Uh, and I'm Colette, and uh, and I appreciate you, and I love you, and I uh, really can't say enough nice things about you guys and everybody involved with the shop. And, and all the, the customers. That come in. Those wonderful customers that make it so worthwhile. And. Uh, yeah, I'm saying this with a super sarcastic tone, but I really mean every word. Yeah, of it. I have that same problem pretty often <laughs> myself of like, gosh, it sure sounds like I'm being condescending when I'm being genuine. Now, everyone, I hope that Roman's levels get picked up today. Are mine the middle level, the really low you one? You are. Okay. This is where we're at. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. Oh, gosh, everybody. That was a really good rough and tumble start. We got some <laughs> intros. We had to double check the levels. We've been recording in a different room lately. It's very um, hot to trot, I would describe it, this week here at the, the Perfectly Accessible Podcast HQ. The neon lights, mm-hmm. the neon signs have, well, all but failed. Uh, there was a power uh, surge last night. We've invested thousands and thousands of dollars in the Perfectly Accessible Podcast signage and neon lights for the headquarters. And when that amount of money goes down... You have to bounce back somehow. We haven't really figured it out yet. But 
we're recording in a dark studio with one dimly lit candle and uh i'm i'm really like there's no i certainly wouldn't rather be under the glow of the thousands of dollars of neon perfectly suitable podcast lights that we invested in that's not what i would want to do it's not like throwing away a lot of money yeah but, oh go ahead Oh, I mean, I was going to say, at least we get to look at our comics by the light of Roman's beaming smile. <laughs> he does and have his s- glowing aura. That... Yeah, it's all the residual chemo. He's got his <laughs> sort of like radioactive, um, a, little, a little cancer humor, a little cancer humor. He beat it two times. Fucking love that guy. He's a superhero. Ah. Go on with yourself. <laughs> uh, this week we are going to be spoiling a handful of books, and we don't have Jen here to read the titles. Thank God. I hate when he does it. You want me so to do I'm, it? Yeah. Or are you going to do it? No, get it. Oh, oh. Get Crap. it. Okay. <clears throat> now I'm committed. Uh, we're going to do Giant Size X-Men number one. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> with Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Uh, X-Men number seven. Wolverine number one, which is actually from last week. Sex Criminals number 27. 27. Deceased Unkillables, number one of three. Fantastic Four, Grim Noir, number one. And Ice Cream Man, number 18. Woot. And some questions. Yeah, we got a couple <gasps> questions as questions? well. And, you know, it would be impossible for us to record a podcast when there was a Grim, uh, a Ben Grimm special issue and Roman was going to be on. We have to talk about that issue. But not yet. Everyone, not yet. hang out, sit on your hands, you know, get get aware that that's going to be coming down Roman's pipe, but it is not here yet. It's no. further down his pipe. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm choking on it. <laughs> oh, but I've seen better men said. than you choke on it. Um, first off, let's just, let's just handle this giant cluster bottom of X-Men books that came out... We're not even covering all of them, but there was a couple of really good ones this week, and then let's talk briefly about Wolverine from last week, which is definitely several issues worth of material and therefore worth talking about. Also good material. Mm-hmm. Giant Size X-Men number one, Jean Grey, Emma Frost by Jonathan Hickman and Russell Dowderman. A cool thing of note about this issue, all five of these Giant Size X-Men issues are being done in the old classic Marvel method. So Hickman is just telling the artist what he wants to happen in the issue. The artist is drawing all of the art for it, and then he's writing dialogue around the images uh, that have been drawn. I don't know if a ton of stuff is done in the Marvel method anyway anymore. You know, like yeah. that was a thing that Stan and Jack kind of pioneered back in the day, just because Jack Kirby didn't necessarily need a lot of scripting. Uh, well, and overhead. it was a time thing. They were cranking out so many comics yeah. that if you had to wait for the script to get the art done, it was... It would never have happened. Yeah. And also, can you imagine trying to tell Jack Kirby exactly what to draw? He'd be like, oh. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, <clears throat> how, how come this isn't Giant Size X-Men number two? That's a good question. Why, why number one? Um, well, there's going to be five one-shots, all with different names in it. Oh. Um, but they are also doing a Giant Size X-Men like tribute issue where it's going to be a page-for-page reproduction of it, but every page is going to be drawn by a different, like, contemporary artist. And I'm pretty interested in seeing that. Mm -hmm. You know. That'll be cool, yeah. (laughs) I know Roman's excited. (laughs) But this issue, Colette, get it going, because Russell Dowderman... I mean, it's a giant-size X-Men book with Gene and Emma and Dowderman doing the art. Uh, If if. The Ben Grimm noir is why Roman had to be on this week. This book is why I had to be on this week. I, oh, Jesus, this was good. I, so, it starts off, 
God, I don't even know what to say about this well, thing. I think it's so freaking gorgeous. I think the, a good thing to mention is yeah. that it is, it is like a sort of reference to the silent issue from the Morrison Quietly run. So the mm-hmm. whole thing flows like it, and there's like panel for panel reproductions of that original issue. It ends the same way, and it is Gene and Emma like going into the psychic sphere again, like they did twenty years ago in the Morrison run. Yeah, Storm shows up, crashes down, needs to be taken in. We see this. I, I had to pull out my handy dandy Krakoan uh, alphabet translator that I keep next to the bed. Shout out Dino um, Chapman for texting me the translation <laughs> as nice. soon as he did it. <laughs> um, yeah, it says psychic rescue in process, just so everyone who needs it knows. Thank you, because I'm way too lazy to ever bother Silence. translating any of those. <laughs> psychic rescue in process. Yeah. Um, and it's Gene and Emma together slipping into Storm's psyche to find out why she's in a psychic coma. And I got one page into them being in her brain and was like, fuck it, this is a 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's this gorgeous page of the two of them standing in a savanna with one giant baobab tree, which I always pronounce wrong, but... Uh, with Storm's tiara floating above it, and I was just like, "It's gorgeous." This is, there's my gooey duck. I can't, nice. I can't even with this. It's so beautiful. And the next page, there, this is just an example of why art is so important to comics. That it's not just about the writers. Mm-hmm. How much incredible storytelling you can do with not a ton of panels per page, and these these breathtaking shots throughout this that are creative and clever and and beautiful and moving and i can't say enough good stuff about this book i loved it so much the only problem i had with it was that it wasn't giant enough yeah i, I want more giant size yeah. out of it roman what did you think about this book it was pretty yeah, <laughs> um, especially the elephant with the butterfly wings. Yeah, that's a good goddamn beast right there. Yeah, it was, and it was very clever. I love the fact that you know there's no dialogue, no text once they're in Storm Psyche, and um, <clears throat> the Psyche kind of is able to recognize, communicate with Gene as a friend right away, and but then it just sees it recreates this battle Emma and Storm had early on, and. So the psyche attacks Emma because it thinks she's an enemy and she has to. I bet she gets defend herself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love yeah. that. In that, it looks to me, it looked like the the lions representing her psyche are wanting to know who they are and why they're in here. And so Jean was concocting that image yeah. of her and Storm together. And the look on Emma's face when mm-hmm. she's like, "I don't know. I don't this know. is how we met. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were trying to kill each other, but you Not know, I'm exactly here now. Buddies, but." <laughs> I love that close-up of the lion smile. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's Aslan. Yeah, that smile was so good. Aslan? Whatever. Yeah, no, you're doing it right. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call the giant god dragon uh, lion man. Um, yeah, I I think it's like one of the most beautiful issues to come out in the last like number of years. It's, it's absolutely incredible. I think that like on a page by page basis, like every single page is a piece of art that could like be hung on a wall and it would be absolutely perfect to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, like, I don't think that, I don't think that panel to panel, the causality of moving through it makes quite as much sense as the original one like this, but I think it's a real close, 
real close second. That's not a criticism mm. at all, but I think that Dowderman is incredible at making giant full page pieces of art. Um, and I, I would have loved to know a little bit more about how, like some of the conclusions that came to the giant revelation at the end of this. Um, but that's just like comparing it to that original issue. There's more information to pull out of the other one. Whereas this one is maybe more beautiful. Um, but yeah, one of my, one of my absolute favorite issues of the whole Hickman X-Men thing so far, for sure. Yeah, I um sorry, I was just rereading <clears throat> the ending because I couldn't remember. I was like, what the heck? What does this mean? Exactly. Um, and it's not until Jean says her one bit of dialogue at the end, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what it's about. Right, and, and, and that's the thing I was kind of comparing is like, you were able to, without any verbal communication or, or dialogue, like really follow how the string of events in the psychic sphere happened um, in that original one, which is what's part of like the Marvel Nuff Set initi initiative where everything mm. had a silent issue, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, not that that's a criticism of it at all. Like this is, I think, a larger a piece of art that is a thing that is astounding. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I... I don't know. There were times that I actually liked that there weren't as many, like when the uh, the staircase is crumbling and they're falling. I, I I feel like sometimes in comics we end up with more panels than we need. To, mm -hmm. Like I can get that we got to one place from another without actually seeing it happen. And so I liked that there was a little less is more going on throughout some of the stages of the psyche. It, um a lot of this Hickman stuff has been very emphasizing moments. So I felt like this was kind of like a, a micro version of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I felt like this was one of those ones where I was a little surprised when I got to the end and, and the conclusion, but it made me want to go back and appreciate even more the, the subtle things that were there that I had missed the first time. I think there's more little things within the panels that lead to that conclusion once you know that that's what's going on. And, you know, that's, I love that kind of stuff with reading things. That's not always everybody's boat though. So, and no, I haven't read that, that first issue that this is an homage to yet. So can't I can't recommend really it highly compare. enough. It's one of my favorite issues yeah. of all time. I just, the, the subtle looks on their faces and mm. how differently Jean and Emma perceive each and every moment and you can see it even just in their eyes every time is so great and this giant i love how dodderman does such a beautiful job of his cocoons and things like that during thor and this giant save me in electrical sparks coming out of storm it, it's just i love when he does that yeah and those are like references to like the the way language is done and this is reference to the original one and the whole like circle motif that's present throughout this whole issue mm -hmm. is based on that circle motif of the other one like this page right here is yeah one of well, I, I mean it's one of my five favorite comic artists referencing one of my other five favorite comic book artists so it's like absolutely incredible also uh can't say enough good things about emma's gloves Mm -hmm. The whole like mm -hmm. just half hand glove thing. Oh, that she's those got Chanel going gloves! They make me so happy. So rad. Yeah, I loved Logan and Scott sitting there waiting too, mm -hmm. and and Jean handing the flower at the beginning, and just there, or maybe she didn't hand off the flower. She he picked it, but yeah, the the exchange with them 
leading into the psychic sphere and then when they they're waiting outside is just so sweet and caring yeah in just such subtle moments and logan's short enough <laughs> yeah i know that's the big response on the internet was like he's short enough uh which is awesome and yeah d- yeah the light the silence light turning off not to mention, not to keep coming back to that, but that's all from the original issue. Yeah. Like, Logan and Sykes sitting outside there, the silence thing shining, and then right before the end, it, like, goes out. Silent psychic rescue in, in process. And then... It feels so much like a hospital. Yeah. In this one little page in this Krakoan environment that's so non-hospital. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, and then, I guess, the, the big bombshell, the spoiler at the end, so in the first issue years ago we learned that like she walks out of there with emma and she's like well <laughs> you know charles xavier had a twin sister that he killed in the womb that's now back and has t- possessed his consciousness we ought to talk and then she leaves this and it's the children of the vault gave storm a virus that's going to kill her in the next 30 days we ought to talk and uh i just i love that being the whole framing of like silent issue and then giant mm-hmm. single statement that sort of re redefines a paradigm um Really excited to see that sort of stuff. I then, like, did some recon on, like, Children of the Vault, and in issue five, there is, like, the the Vault children are in a giant uh, X-Men master mold, or a a Sentinel master mold that looked Mm -hmm. like it was in, I forget what country, Um, but anyway, that is the master mold from the Morrison Hick, or the Morrison Quietly Run that was then abandoned, that Cassandra Nova had had possessed and was using, uh, and it was then abandoned, and then Mike Carey's run, who introduced the Children of the Vault, they, like, go and take over that Sentinel. So we'd been talking for, like, the last mm-hmm. two months about what is that or who are the, or what is the Children of the Vault. Um, it seems connected to the Ultimates run that Hickman did. Why are they in that Cassandra Nova thing? And it, it all, like locks in and it sounds like that might carry x-men run is pretty important and i have not read it have you read it no so no, i, I haven't to. either i don't know anything about the children of the vault yeah, yeah and it sounds like that's a pretty important uh element that is feeding into a lot of this stuff but colette 10 oh fuck you said yeah. you said gooey duck roman <laughs> go to I'll, I'll go, I'll go. sure you're going 10 <laughs> I, was, I was trying i was gonna say 9.5 and i was like well why am i not giving it a 10 i don't have a reason not to so yeah yeah i would i mean 9.5 or 10 for me um i was gonna say 9.5 and then your response of why not a 10 i think i was i just hesitated to give it a 10 because colette already did that so yeah i was like i can't do a 10 also (laughs) yeah it's it's absolutely incredible i can't help but kind of always compare it to the one issue that it's referencing but they're probably two of my single favorite x-men issues to ever exist so i'm gonna reread that issue now because i don't really remember oh it's so fucking good i mean until you were reminding me i had no idea it was had that many similarities oh yeah it's like almost page for page yeah i think i need finally just like disappear from the world for a few days i'm gonna go and find a cabin or something and finally read that run it's (laughs) it's very good It's very good. All right, everybody. Well, it sounds hey. like we all just gave Giant Size X-Men number one, Gene and Emma, a 10, just like all together. So that's pretty crazy. Or Roman numerals, three, three X's. Oh. Roman, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's just like meander not far to uh, X-Men number seven. Oh, uh, yes, that, yeah. By Jonathan Hickman <laughs> and Lineal Yu. I want to talk about Domino and Colossus going to have a thing going. Dude, they I... They already did. They did? Yeah, and uh, oh. Cable and the X-Men right after, or during Marvel Now's beginning, they were 
banging hard. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I never read that series. And like, it wasn't yeah, very good. I, I love it in the previous <laughs> issue as well of that. Like, there's just the sexual tension between those two is good. Keep it going. Um, but X Men number seven by Hickman and you. So much sexual tension in this oh. one too. That's true. You're right. <laughs> I will. I guess that this week we're just getting a lot more like, an, well, not answers, but I do. We're getting more of the love triangle relationship stuff on Krakoa that I'm very, very interested in, and I want to know all about Logan and Gene and Scott hanging out in a bed together. So people really think that's a thing? Yeah, don't you think yeah, that it's huh? a thing? No, I mean, the, yeah, Logan had that line in here, but I I, took, I read that as, you know, a couple buddies joking around. It doesn't actually mean anything. Well, their bedrooms connect? It, yeah, they're the Do only, they? their bedrooms are in a row. They're they're on either side of Jean's, and there's a door from each of their rooms into hers. Okay. None of the other bedrooms that are adjoining have doors oh, okay. into each other. See, when I first saw that, I was just like, oh, like it's like one of those hotel suites. And I think yeah. in this one, like, she kisses Logan on the head, I'm so right? so innocent. Yeah. Yeah, Roman is very innocent. I am. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I super hope that it's like, you know. Yeah, I know a lot of people are taking this comment to mean that potentially... Logan and Scott are hooking up too. I thought it was a little more that I didn't quite take it that way. Mm. Not in a bad way, but like um, I mean, yeah, I let's discuss the dynamics of what we think a threesome with those three people. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that Logan and Scott are like, you know, if Gene's not there hooking up, but only because they've got so much baggage <laughs> well, well, since over we're on, the years. Well, since you know? we're on that subject, okay, the one panel I didn't understand after uh, Scott says Scott in a Speedo and Logan chuckles at it, Says, well, who could say no to that? Scott's reaction is great, period. What does that mean? That is a pretty ambiguous. Listen, uh-huh. we could talk about, like, we're, there's I mean, what insane do you guys shit happened in this issue, and we're just talking about, like, hmm. Yeah, this is, like, the least, the least of, of the parts of this issue. I mean, I think that this has a, been a big thing hanging over a lot of people for a lot of time. If you love X-Men, you've got feelings on who Gene should be with, and this somehow is a compromise that is not just a compromise to please sort of please everyone it's like a oh it pleases oh, yeah. everybody this they're actually all... works i'm good huh. with this this they're is all... uh... that, that's interesting because i because that was resolved a long time ago for me uh Cause, go on because because <laughs> gene and logan like i forget where but they had some kind of flashback thing where yeah they were attracted to each other the same time scott and her were but you know i remember an issue where scott or gene and logan had a discussion about it and she's like you know you're you're, you're was basically You're ended just up. Too hairy. It was <laughs> no. It basically just ended up. He was a little too wild, and she wanted some more stability, a little more stability. So that's why she went yeah. with Scott. So she'll be with the guy because he gives her the life that she wants, not the guy that she cares no, about. Like the, the life she wants is with the life with the stability. And this was all before you know she got became Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, and all that. But. Well, like you know. So for me, it was always it was always settled. She chose Scott. Yeah, yeah in the she, in the Morrison Logan, run, Logan, and Logan was always pining away. Drum, but like. You know, a, I don't want to spoil anything. You got to read that run, but there's a no, big. No, I know about a lot of <laughs> yeah, what's happened Yeah, so in it. so like yeah, you know when Jean dies, which is the time that she died for the last like twenty years ish. Um, it was like Logan killed her while they were circling the sun. The Phoenix was like coming to possess her, and like Scott was with Emma at that point, and it seemed like Logan and Jean. I don't know. I I I always obviously love Logan and Jean. Yeah, I've that's, always thought that she should have picked him, and I think that. But also, she maybe she did pick Scott. I mean, for I mean, sure, they got married. She did, yeah. 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 But. Uh, and there, yeah, there there's... was always the attraction between them and everything. But 
Okay, so all of that, yeah, and then yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Crucible, because holy shit. Oh, man. Um, Roman, mm. what was your, can you just summarize what the Crucible is for everybody out of the brain of Roman the bird? Oh, man, it's, <laughs> it's this uh, terrible and yet it makes sense ritual that they have on Krakoa with, because, you know, there's all these leftover mutants that still register as mutants, like Krakoan's biological systems or whatever, but they don't necessarily have their powers because of the Scarlet Witch. No more mutants. And no more mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, so now these mutants that are on Krakoa, if they want to, um, because they can die and get resurrected with their old mutant powers intact, um, there's this ritual that Apocalypse runs um, where they can't just like kill themselves or, or be killed easily just to resurrect they have to they have to be worthy of regaining their mutant abilities and which means they have to fight they have to fight apocalypse and prove to everybody watching and to prove to apocalypse that they really want this and they deserve it so it, it's kind of messed up it, it's this big like kind of mindfuck thing and it's kind of cruel but it also makes sense that they want you to prove that you really want your abilities and you really value being a mutant so there's a lot of X-Men books coming out down coming down the pipe, Rom's pipe. And uh, and some of them I'm more interested in than others. There's some that I'm not interested in at all that haven't come mm-hmm. out yet. Give me like a six issue miniseries just following all the different pe- like just from Apocalypse viewpoint of all the crucible trials. Like yeah. I wanna watch yeah. that shit. Like let me watch Apocalypse murder a bunch of teens that yeah. wanna get yeah. murdered. And, like, and and what happens when it's a teen that's like facing apocalypse is going Fuck this! I, I, never mind. I don't want. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. What do they do with that person? <laughs> then they live. It seems like because he gives her an out multiple mm-hmm. times. So if you're in that position, then okay, you don't want enough. I, I love that it, it's hinted at throughout the issue what the crucible probably is, and we don't actually really find out what it is till later in. And it's all a discussion of it's about to happen for the first time, and. Mostly it's Scott and uh, and Nightcrawler having an ethical discussion about it, but always kind of dancing around the actual words of it. And we've been all this time, okay, we can, we can resurrect mutants. So people who are missing arms or like when Domino had all of her skin ripped off, but she's still alive. Like what is the, can someone just die and, and get their body healed for them or new and... Um, new limbs or get their mutant powers back and but then is that suicide how do we die do we want just everybody being able to just kill themselves willy-nilly because they want to be able to add uh, a new power then we start talking about a little bit about Essex's uh chimeras yeah and that little thing that was alluded to in um the uh the big marvel the hawks or boxers uh well the the marvel um uh what was the stupid oh yeah the uh, marvel 1000 incoming thing. yeah um, which is sort of yeah seeding that idea of chimeras which became the huge thing that powers of 10 was mm-hmm. that they have the backup data to like birth all of those chimeras again since they have the hard drive from the future at this point which is awesome um roman what do you give this score you're staring at the giant naked reborn character at the end uh, a ten. Yeah. Uh huh. Double, yeah. double gooey duck. Yeah, this, this is my favorite book of the week. Um, so many questions. One of one of which well it wasn't really a question. I was like, God, how many how many siblings does Sam Guthrie have? And they're all mutants. 
I forgot about all of them except for like the oldest sister, Paige. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. uh, I would go like, you know, I do want to say 10 for that as well. But then like we just saw an X-Men book with Russell Dowderman art. And this art is pretty good, but dang. Oh, yeah, the Dowderman is definitely better art. This, I thought, was more, for me, was way more interesting. Yeah, well, there was right. actual a lot of words to gra mm -hmm. grab it with. Yeah, I, I would say, for myself, 9.5, but, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe an, I like the issue more than Giant Size X-Men, which sounds inconsistent, but I think that Giant Size one is a thing that I'll flip through a mm -hmm. lot more often over the next 10 years than this one. Yeah, and if I remembered anything about the issue it's paying homage to i probably i probably be even more into the giant size one but i've forgotten that i know i read it but i forgot everything in that issue yeah it's they're both very very good colette um i mean i'm bouncing back and forth between a 9.5 and a 10 and i'm just gonna i reading this i kept stop at every page i reread like three times because i didn't want to miss anything there were so many subtle awesome things in each little bit just this one moment where scott sees cypher and warlock sitting across from each other and he does a double take and then warlock's not there like oh man i can't wait to find out what that's gonna be about yeah. just i love questions being posed yeah. in comics and i'm just i'm gonna go with 10. Nice. I, it was beautifully done it, it i actually really liked the art it not Dodderman, but I thought it was still really emo evocative, emotional he's, art. He's a, he is a very, very good artist. Yeah, I love the, that little moment. I love that Nightcrawler was... I mean, this is the first time, I feel like, since Hickman took over that we've seen a Nightcrawler-specific story, and he's so in character. I can't wait for that giant-sized Nightcrawler. Yeah, with Alan Davis art. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, it's wow. cool. one of the five. There's a Magneto, a Nightcrawler, the Gene and Emma, and then, yeah, he, he said each artist, he was just like, hey... We're going to do these one-shots. Who do you want to draw? And he let all of the artists pick. So Ugh. Dowderman wanted to do Gene and Emma, and Alan Davis wanted to do Nightcrawler. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's that's super That must be cool. what this is a reference to. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so uh, amazing, amazing book. Just briefly want to touch on Wolverine from last week, just because it's fucking huge. And My daddy's got his own book again. I really, really <laughs> like this book. Uh, it's two issues, which I think was a really interesting. The first issue is got art by Adam Kubert. The second issue in it, I guess it's all one issue, but the second part is Victor Bogdanovic, who looks so much like Greg Capullo. It b blows my mind. Like, I had mm -hmm. to, like, wonder if he's Capullo's inker or what, or did, are you, they using the same inker? Because it, to me, looks just like Greg Capullo's art. But I had a customer ask, flipping through and like, oh, Capullo did an X-Men book? <laughs> I was like, no, but, I mean, basically. Uh, and the first I issue, Adam Kubert, who I much prefer his art to Andy Kubert, like the, the brothers, but this is the one I like a lot. And uh, I really, really, really loved this issue i think it was smart to do both of them because i imagine they're going to probably be alternating issues or something like storylines within the issues as a way of keeping a monthly schedule uh so that like you know each artist can have two months to work on the a single issue or something so mm -hmm. it would have been really jarring to have gotten into a story and have the second issue be a very different story but um written by the same guy who's doing x-force which i consistently like way more than i ever think that i will and it's super super good colette what did you how did you and your dad get get along that issue oh i i loved this i thought it was great and i loved the the, the first issue had a lot of like world-based krakoan story it felt very like a one of those wolverine lost 
savagey kind of things. It felt a lot like some of my favorite X Force runs over the years, but and the current one, but like a little deeper, a little meatier. Uh, and then the other one felt so much like just a fun, let's watch Wolverine go on a monster hunt kind of a story. And both of those are the two things that I think are so great that you can do with the character. And it was, I loved this. I was very nervous because I haven't loved a Wolverine comic for quite a while. And this made me very happy. Roman, what about you? <clears throat> Oh man, this Did, was this was over a week ago. So yeah, I read Roman this. Roman reads more comics um, than anyone in the store because, like, yeah, he still is. It was good. I know I enjoyed it. it. You know what Colette said because I don't remember any details now. A week later, <laughs> um, I really like that in the second story we have the like Omega Red being pulled up from like the oh, prison yeah. pits of Krakoa. I really want to see those prison pits. Um, I I really like that. That was one of the foreshadowing covers at the end of Powers of Ten. Was Omega Red coming out of that? So I was a little bit surprised oh, that yeah. that storyline is being followed up in Wolverine because it seemed like it was going to be indicative of a larger thing. But Yeah, this one with the cool Catholic superhero suit kind of mm -hmm. thing. But I also love the, like, you know, mm. Logan, when he believes someone is, is wrong or is going to be an evil menace, he's not going to let it go. And if anybody's going to have a problem with Omega Red being there, he's going to be the one that really digs his claws in and won't let go and and i liked that if i don't know where i'm going with this the <laughs> the first issue has this amazing double page sequence with wolverine and kate pride talking <laughs> and drinking which was just this awesome like didn't need to be there wasn't imperative but it just spoke to like these two have a long relationship and she's been smuggling booze in for him and she's like all right well i've got your booze but you gotta sit down and have a drink with me and catch up and i'm just like absolutely mm -hmm. i love yeah i'm really interested in kate pride right now i, I really like her I, I understand it's polarizing and there are some people who really don't like what she's doing um, Dino was saying that he's very annoyed by people complaining about the Kate Pride, like her changing her name, because that's a thing that had happened in Days of Future Past, which is oh. he had mentioned is like as you know important to X Men mythos as anything. Yeah. So anyone who disagrees with it just clearly hasn't read Days of Future also, Past. Like people change what they go by. I've right. had a lot of it's a defining thing you can do at, at a point in your life. It, I really yeah. like this cop character in this first half. I mm -hmm. I think between the two, I'm a little bit more interested in the first half. Yeah. Um, partially because I just while I love the Omega Red stuff I don't love vampires in my goddamn Marvel or DC comic books like I think they're awesome they're one of my favorite mythical horror beasts but like much in the same way that I don't love having like I love Thor but that whole pantheon of gods within the Marvel canon or like you know Ares and Hercules like mm -hmm. it just it muddles my ability to kind of understand what I don't need to know if who's going to win in a fight, Juggernaut or Colossus. But gods are a very vague, <laughs> ethereal thing. So when we're throwing gods mm. and, like, you know, the spawn of Satan into Marvel continuity, it makes it confusing for me personally. So while I did really like that half of the issue, I'm a little more excited for the first half. Also, give me more scenes of Wolverine and Kate sitting and drinking. Yeah, that was or my favorite thing of the two issues. Yeah. But I love Dracula. So. Dracula! <laughs> I, I always get very wary when vampires or, or all those things you're bringing up show up in a, a Marvel comic or whatever, but I, it can be done well. Yeah. It can be done really fun, and this kind of took a direction that it wasn't just, all right, Wolverine's going to go battle Dracula. It's right. like, okay, Omega Red's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. working an angle. It, it's, 
it's I think more well thought out and integrated better than a lot of times when and, yeah. he pops and, and up. It, and it's it'll, maybe and that's, I'm sure we'll reference this later on, but there was an issue of Claremont's run where the X Men fought Dracula. Yeah, the Marvel Dracula. So. And yeah, and he Old did a Man lot of... Logan. There was I think when Brisson took over, Wolverine ended up going to fight Dracula because he took oh. so many and because he was old. The or maybe. I don't know. Well, that yeah. and that, like, the Claremont Excalibur stuff is all very, you know, outside the strict pantheon of Marvel stuff. So it, it, it certainly doesn't betray um, Marvel or even the X-Men continuity for sure. It's just not necessarily my favorite thing. Uh, I do love Omega Red, though. What is that? Does anyone else have an irrational love of Omega Red? God, no. He's I, pretty you awesome. don't care? He's pretty awesome. I like... Great costume. I mean, he's probably got... Even though so many char- characters had costumes like that in the 90s... His is like the best 90s style costume of them all. Also, I bought the VHS tape of the episode with Omega Red from XL Foods when I was like five. And he scared the shit out of me. Like I would have nightmares about him. So I think that maybe it is just like young Jeff. But I really love Omega Red. So I'm really glad to have seen that. Scores for Wolverine. I will go 8.5. I'm really excited for more Adam Kubert art. That's really exciting to me. 8.5. Really good book. You stole my score. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Eight and a half, definitely. Romstad? I'll go 7.5. Maybe if it was still fresh in my mind, like last week, a higher score, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, last week, uh, Jen and I went down. That was a century down, ago. Yeah, to Portland for a Comics Pro meetup. It was uh, a lot of fun, but we didn't get time to do read as many comics as I would like or do as much as I would like. So. Yeah, Braden and Justin and I talked about doing like a gorilla. Uh, store crew right. podcast and then we realized none of us actually knew where the equipment was or how to set it up <laughs> I always will support that 100% it does there is a lot of work that goes into setting it up unfortunately um, Colette you brought a little sleeper a sleeper book in here I'm really happy that you did because this book is just gotten better yeah, go do an intro on it, and then I'll spit my, my guts about it. Yeah, I'm actually a little nervous that I grabbed this because I read it in the middle of a bunch of other stuff that somehow is sticking out now a few days later in my head better, but I really wanted to talk about the newest issue of Sex Criminals because it's the last story arc, you guys, and this has been one of my favorite series since I heavily got back into reading comics, or got into reading comics, and uh, I just freaking love this couple, and I'm really sad that this is the final arc, but it's also been, it jumped back into the story, it's been a while, and it's been so good yet again. Um, so we start off with Susie and John laying in bed, drawing all over each other with markers, because what does a weird couple do in bed when they love each other and want to be close? I've done this exact thing. You just draw all over each other, and it's great. And this book is so funny. It's always been hilarious. You've got John telling the story of when he got shot in the ankle on a training day at work at the I bank. I love the way she, he's like, oh, yeah, that's where I got shot. And she's like, what? What now? And he's shot. trying to go to bed, and the... the course of the looks on her face as she's processing the most nonchalant <laughs> shit yeah ever. no i told you about that already and it's ridiculous and there's penises all over the place and boobs and everything but it's also just such a touching relationship story in the weirdest most ridiculous concept <laughs> of a book 
it's so relatable and moving every time for me, and I love this book. I talked about it on the YouTube video that Jang and I have been doing. Um, everyone should like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube video. Uh, look up Comics Place. But yeah, what I was saying on, on that video is that I am amazed that a book about two people who have orgasms and can stop time and want to do it to like steal a bunch of money to save a, a library is in the moments of like genuine connection between that couple, the most that I have ever identified with a couple in mm -hmm. something. And like, that is an incredible, like heartfelt comment. Like really like it's, I don't identify with a lot of people too much in mainstream fiction. Uh, and they're just like broken enough and hilarious enough that it reminds me a lot of, of myself a lot of the time. Um, and I loved the write-up at the end of the previous issue where Matt Fraction was saying that, like, basically he lost interest in the story that he was telling and he needed to take a year and a half off to kind of figure out what he cared about in a way to wrap up this story or else no one would care about it because he didn't care about mm -hmm. it. And that is the feeling I got out of the, like, final, the two-ish volumes before this one is it really did feel like, okay, like, we're meeting a bunch of new characters and exploring a bunch of new stuff, but, like, why are we doing it? Yeah. And we, we, we've explored the world enough, but it kind of reminded me of a Kieran Gillen book, I guess, where I was just like, we're getting a lot of characters, but I don't really have any sense of why I'm moving through this universe in the it way that I It got a am. little more there for the joke uh -huh. and not as much there for the core relationships. But this is somehow, I feel like, is doing a really good job of tying, bringing that all back in and taking all those disparate things and... <laughs> okay, yes, we're following this, but also let's get back to what really matters is these couple people right. and their their pains and their joys and their love for each other and acceptance of each other's faults and positives. And yeah, I, I think you can really, or at least for me, I can really relate to both John and Susie in yeah. different ways at times the the representation of depression and mental health within these characters and struggling to just be a young, like a 30 something figuring out your life at this point. It, mm -hmm. it, it's moving and I love it. Yeah. So then what would you give this? And Roman, where are you in the sex criminals? Yeah. Have you read any of this book? I read the very first issue. Did you like that? I did. Seven I, years I, ago, or yeah, whatever, I've always, six years ago. I've always meant to read the entire series, and now I'm just going to wait till it's all collected. Yeah. I'm so happy that it is going to end, and yes. I'm so happy there isn't like an island of like 15 issues where it was subpar. I'm mm -hmm. like, there's enough comics out there that I'm okay if you need to take a year and a half off. Yep. Yeah. Everyone. Every time someone complains to to me about there not being any more Southern Bastards or mm -hmm. this not coming out, I'm like, but if it can stay the caliber that it's been, take as much time as you need. I Side don't note, care. The goddamned, <laughs> almost all of the art is done for the second volume. <gasps> like it's, they'll have the entire series done by the time the first issue comes out in a couple of months. So that's a cool book that's been in purgatory for like four or five years, and now it's gonna come out. Yeah. If you like a nice, um, really sacrilegious uh, religious <laughs> fiction, I'm <laughs> yeah. very into that. Um, so then, what was your score? Um, this issue itself, I'm gonna I'm gonna say seven and a half on this issue. Um, yeah. I think yeah. seven and a half is right where I would be too. It's still so good and I'm just so happy that it's coming out. I'm so happy it's gonna be done and will be just these three hard covers that mm -hmm. like will be very good. And and this final volume has had more of what I loved originally than sort of the the middle chunk yep. of it. 
Yeah, this issue didn't have quite as many wonderful little hidden jokes and mm-hmm. gems that some of them can, but it was still as a part of the interconnected greater story. It's awesome. Did you guys read Deceased Unkillables number one? Yes. No. Brayden also read this last week and like loved it. I loved this. I really liked the original Deceased run. Again, this is a last week book by Tom Taylor um, and Carl Mostert on art. I thought the first one was really good and fun. I much prefer the art in this issue because a lot of it looks like as close to Frank Quietly as I've ever seen somebody like come. Like these mm. pictures of like heads and cars look so much like the shots of like Batman and Robin number one. There were three inkers on this book, so I think that that Frank Quietly comparison probably breaks down between different inkers doing the work. But I like I think the art Carl Mostert did the man who fucked up time a couple weeks ago, and I really really like his art. And I looked up his work, and he hasn't done much at all. And I'm really pumped to see that he's been getting more work through DC and AfterShock and. I can't wait to read more of it because I, I loved it. Roman, what did you think of Deceased Unkillables? This is following the contagion outbreak uh, of the anti-life like dark side equation um, from Deceased, but this follows just the villains the entire time. I did I did really like this. Um, it was a good surprise, especially stuff with the Red Hood. Um, the Joker being strapped. To, like, yeah. Jason Todd <laughs> finds out the Joker has already been killed by this disease. He's like, fuck, that sucks. I was supposed to kill him. And they've got a Batmobile, so he takes the Joker's corpse and straps it to the front of the car. <laughs> and so everywhere he goes, there's like a Joker corpse on the front of his car, which is like super, super good. Yeah, it's this great like Mad Max type of thing. I love it when at one point Deathstroke and somebody, oh, his daughter, they uh, meet up with Mirror Master and they go to travel through the Mirror Dimension, which is really freaking cool. Yeah, and um, <laughs> every mirror is showing people, like, bleeding and dying and zombified. And, yeah. You yeah. know, there was moments of this that I don't know if this is going to turn people off, but this felt like, at times, the best parts of The Walking Dead. Like, there's a part where they have to kind of get into a school, and it reminds me it reminded me very much of, like, the first 40 issues of The Walking Dead, like, when they're going into the prison that they live in for a while. Like, mm. It's not zombie-centric, but it's very... I, I don't know. The, the Walking Dead got really played out, I think, but this captured some of the best parts of it. And in Roman, yeah, this, this made the me, Creeper. Yeah, and this also this made me feel like it was a an Avatar book with DC characters. Yeah. A good Avatar book with DC characters. And yeah, one of the villains that's still running around uninfected un, um, is the Creeper, so I'm looking forward to that because one of his powers, he can heal from any wound. And yeah, so, they introduce in this that characters don't matter. <laughs> who have the ability to heal or regenerate uh, for whatever reason are immune to this disease. Yeah. And I think that's a really yeah, cool Yeah, Solomon Grundy's in it. He's already dead, so. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. And then the creeper has made shirts for everybody that says, I'm a tree lobster, which is a reference to this, like, lobsters were supposed to, the tree lobsters were supposed to go extinct, and they went extinct all over the planet except for on this small island where these villains are now staying. So they made shirts for everybody that says, I'm a tree lobster. The Creeper did, which I'm like, I've never really read The Creeper, and I don't necessarily think that's in line with his character, but yeah, I... Yeah, not necessarily. Plus, how did he do that? I mean, and pennants and hats. I mean, well, they got a production plant somewhere on this island. Django does that shit all the time, and yeah, I think but... that he functions at, like, third capacity of The Creeper, so, you know. And also, sometimes a joke is good enough that we just need <laughs> to yeah, ignore exactly. everything around the it and let it happen. But yeah, the art is really what made me super, super love this book. And some good Cassandra Cain stuff. Uh, I would give that an 8.5. Like, it really surprised me. 
Go for it. Do we have time for... Um, I just wanted to give a quick, speaking of books that came out last week, uh, a quick shout out about the Red Mother number three, Red Mother, uh, just because I didn't get to go on record about talking about this book yet since it was in the episode the lost, the lost episode, episode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I am known for being a giant Jeremy Hahn fan, and I'm really loving this book. Uh, his art makes me really, really happy, and... This is not his art, but it's so, so good. And in this issue, there's a cool heart-shaped Victorian puzzle box. And mm. turns out there's a weird performance artist in the mix. Oh. And on top of a spooky glass eye and this giant creepy specter hanging mm. out over her bed as she's having nightmares. And every issue, I keep thinking, okay, I think I know what this book is about. And then they add some stuff to it, and it's cool, and it's awesome, and I love it, and people should be reading it. There you wow, go. Wow, that thing—it looks like it looks kind of like the uh, the creature in um, Gideon Falls, at oh, least yeah. the face. Yeah, I'm, I have not read enough Gideon oh. Falls yet. I uh, I haven't read issue number three of this yet because it came out on the Comics Pro Week, and I don't know how yeah, I'll I find. I think I've only read issue number the one. The time to read an entire week's books yeah. when you fall behind on twenty books when wow. you're still reading twenty books a week. This was—it's a pretty fast read, which. I enjoy. I, Me too. There's mm -hmm. a lot of really good stuff that's really deep that I'm reading, and that's awesome. But it's nice to have a book that I can just sit down and I know I can read in a normal length of time and totally enjoy. It's creepy, but also relatable characters. I'm, I'm really loving this book. What score would you give this issue? Uh, I'm going to give this issue, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Cool. Yeah, maybe an eight. I don't know. It was really good. On the topic of books that are quick to read... I really liked the 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 pace of Fantastic Four Grim Noir. We 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 alluded to this earlier. The the season for Roman's pipe or the reason for the season of Roman's pipe, I don't know, coming down the pipe here. We've got Roman talking about Fantastic Four Grim Noir. Um I didn't even know this book was coming up and I was so excited when I saw it on Braden's like Facebook post about our coming books. I was like, "Oh my gosh." A Ben Grimm one-shot. Um, how exciting, because he's one of my favorite ever characters. And it's just about, he's having nightmares. He can't sleep at night. And this art, who's the artist? Gary uh, Duggan. No, sorry, that's the oh, writer, um, Ron Garney. Ron Garney, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Matt Miller is the colorist. The art is really cool. It's I mean, great. I mean mm -hmm. Ben's dreaming of, I mean, he's falling apart. All his bits are falling off and, and, and reassembling. And there's this horrible monster haunting his dreams. That's like a super... Like, I don't know, not phobia, but like, you know, a bunch of like small, like pustule or growths clustered together. There's a name for it. Justin knows it. Mm. Similar to that. When when the things rock, bits start crumbling off of them. It grosses me out way more than yeah. I can express. Yeah. Yeah, it's me like too. Fluffing of skin cells, oh, but in God, just the just, like most visceral, yeah, chunks, exaggerated, <laughs> oh, visualized oh, way. I'm yeah. So bummed out by this conversation. <laughs> and I was so. I mean, this really does live up to noir. I was so impressed with the coloring. It's. I mean, in the morning after he wakes up from his nightmare in the morning, he's sitting with Alicia, his wife, in the kitchen, and their their tables in front of this window, and they're kind of both looking out the window, and just the lighting effects on the two of them, especially on Ben's face, his profile. It's so cool. And it's raining outside. Colette, what did you think about it? You got this thing in you. I did get that. Huh. I, yeah, I, I honestly, I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, I might 
be podcasting this week. I got to read this. I got to I got to <laughs> no give Romans, some homage to Roman. Um, even if I hadn't known I was going to be on here, I'd read it for Roman's sake. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. I don't have that much association with the characters. So just reading it as a, a straightforward little horror noir quick story, I thought it was really a good little one-shot book i really enjoyed myself the art was great had like a little bit of a sin city feel to it a little bit of a um big muscular guys in trench coats in the rain yeah yeah yeah. and like that nice use of stark white yeah yeah mixed in with you're right a a little more color and everything and i i thought it was just the right amount of creepy and twisty and uh i love a trippy dream world where nightmare world where you're reality bends and you can't get out and there's just these moments of like this memory of him crumpled over with the um uh oh, the the gang beating up his Yancey brother Street and yeah. yeah um it's just a really well done book i was really surprised yeah I loved they put it. a lot in here for just a regular size comic book because i mean besides his nightmares there's also a locked room mystery about the woman across their neighbor across the way which is sort of the oh. impetus for the whole thing. Their, yeah. their neighbor across the way has gone missing, and all of her stuff was inside, and where did it go? Yeah, yeah. Roman, um, this the villain of this is a guy named Despair, D-apostrophe-S-P-A-Y-R-E. Yeah. Yeah. Is that someone in Marvel history, or is this a new oh, yeah. person? It, okay. it's somebody in Marvel. I think he's fought the X-Men. He's fought Spider-Man. Okay. And that was a surprise, because the cover, you think it's a, I thought it was going to be a scroll, um, like maybe the scroll that, replaced uh, Alicia for Oh, I didn't time. even notice that shadow yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but yeah, it's despair. Um, I, and there was great little just funny Ben Grimm moments that aren't even played for laughs. Like, once he wakes up from a nightmare and and it's so cool because he's trying to describe to Alicia and she starts sculpting. And I love that. And she sculpts, mm-hmm. you know, what he's, the monster he's seeing and while she's doing that, He's at the fridge and, he, and he's just like so casual. He's like, maybe I need a hoagie to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of Roman there and I thought, well, how often does Roman wake up and need a hoagie? Like, <laughs> Never. But, but but Ben Grimm, yeah. Um, it's just so cute that he eats a whole giant, big old hoagie to calm down. I, so I, I was really enjoying this issue and throughout it, I kept thinking, like, we're just getting into the crux of this thing. And there's only like six pages left. Like, how is this going? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. it does resolve very. Um, satisfying, but also in a quick way, mm-hmm. and despair. So their their neighbor has is gone missing, and it I, was. Dis- I love to. They don't even know her. They just hear her singing, yeah. and they just notice that this beautiful singing that they're used to hearing is gone. Yeah, and uh, because despair has been possessing Grimm's uh, dreams, he's heard that singing. He decides that he wants to feed off of her despair. She goes missing. They save her at the end, and Ben is like, "Well, I'm really sorry." Like, he got to you because he was in my dreams and he, you know, connected with you. And then she says this thing that I almost feel like was the single line of dialogue that made Gary Duggan want to write this whole Mm -hmm. issue, which the, the, the woman just says, like, it's all right. Everyone deals with despair, Ben. It was just our turn. And she spells it despair, not the, like, spelling of the guy's name. But I just loved, like, that resolve it however you want I don't even care that was like was to such me a moving yeah and it, it put yeah. a bow on the entire thing in the perfect way it was just like everyone deals with despair Ben it was just our turn and it that's the kind of thing that like when you're dealing with really really hard stuff in life having the ability to be able to see that like everyone deals with this stuff everyone does uh, 
it's been a crazy week at the comics place. Um, yeah. And just having the ability that, like, when bad things are happening, maybe it's just your turn to be dealing with that right now. And maybe the fact that you're dealing with despair means somebody else out there isn't dealing with it right now. That's pretty good, too. And the knowledge that we've all been there. Yeah. And even if it has to be your turn right now, there are other people around you who also know and can also be there with you. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah and that was such a nice thing in this, that it's very very emphasized that you know in order to help him get through this alicia's there and, <sighs> and you know there's, there's always somebody there for you great thing alicia relationship stuff yeah. like i i don't i don't know i can't think of a lot of books and i haven't read as many as you have but like where that relationship dynamic makes it super believable that these two would be in a relationship and the way that they have different things to offer one another. Um, and you can really feel like her love of Ben throughout the whole issue, which is really cool since he is this character that fundamentally, you know, feels unlovable yeah. throughout everything. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I guess it was Dan Slott that um, wrote the storyline where they got married finally. Cause mm -hmm. I'm so glad they didn't just leave them apart and him alone. Beautiful, beautiful art. Well, what do you folks give it? Roman? I give it a 10. You fucking Woo! guy. <laughs> Three tens. Three yeah. X's. This wow, was yeah. a good week of comics. It really it was. was. Yeah. Yeah, we got some real, real good stuff. I still haven't read X-Force this week. Is that real good? It was pretty, it was, I mean, it was hard to compare New Mutants and X-Force and Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Four <laughs> number two was really great. Considering <laughs> how good the others were, but I think it, it was a... X-Force or New Mutants, which was better? X-Force? I mean, it's always X-Force. I think I have more... Con there yeah. wasn't enough Ileana in uh, New Mutants no, to I would say make X me... I would say X-Force, too. Oh, my God. Mm. Ileana is mm, oof, way yeah. up there for maybe my favorite character to be oh, so I'm present. Mixing up, in... Okay, this, that's right. I'm mixing up my New Mutants. Last week was the one with the Hickman Ileana. one where they uh, built put in the, the bridge. Um, yeah, okay, and I did read was, that one. This one was eh. Um, the yeah. Briston ones are better than I worry a Briston issue is yes. going to be, but I think that when Hickman is off of New Mutants entirely, I probably will stop reading New Mutants. Yeah, yeah. the Briston ones have been more fun than I was expecting. I, I usually am not a fan of his writing. These have been more of like, a, I'm just going to have a for fun comic read. Like yeah. I'm going to forget most of what happened in this, and it's okay because I like comics. And I'm still um, always really surprised with X-Force. Every issue, I'm like, oh, yeah. I like this more than I, th I think you yeah. said. Yeah. I like this more than I thought I expect to. Um, I'm excited good. for Dean White to get back on it, though. He mm -hmm. does about every other issue or every third issue. Um, Star Wars was great this week, as usual. Yeah, just an amazing week of comics. Detective yeah. Comics was awesome. This was all of my favorite of the X-Men books. Like, we got X-Force, X-Men. We got this giant size one-shot. Mm -hmm. We got New Mutants, which, you know, is either really good or at least pretty good. Um, the X-Men Fantastic Four. Yeah, Super there's good. so much good stuff this week. The Hellblazer this week was great. Far Sector continues to be a book oh, I'm yeah. surprised every time how much I like. Claude, are you Fast reading Ice Cream Man? I'm not. Uh, there was a giant oh, spider yeah. in the first issue, so I didn't read it, and I haven't picked yeah. it up since. Cause... Roman will tell you that's not how you sell a fucking comic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is not. Nope. But um, this Ice Cream Man, this is... Yes, yeah, My to cap God. it off, let's talk Jeez. about Ice Cream Man oh, okay. number got time 18. Cool. Uh, this was such a... 
I mean, I didn't read it. Every um, couple issues of Ice Cream Man, I'm like, man, this is my favorite issue of this series so far. And then two more issues, boom. Now so this, this is a deep daddy issue and it deep is. dementia issue, which is it I is. got three pages in and I was like, oh, you know what? This one's not for Jeff. And <laughs> there's, I think that's the second or third of 18 issues where I've just been like, nope, this is an amazing book, but I don't want to feel this right yeah, now. Yeah, this mm-hmm. issue, I think, was the most terrifying of the series just because... The whole issue is this poor, this older man in bed and dementia, and you know that's the thing that scares me the most. Um, and and it's so well written. He's losing words and and names and like letters out of words, and it's just it's totally convincing and scary. Um, and the art, like the nurse, this little gremlin dude keeps popping up like behind the nurse, behind whoever this poor guy's talking to, and, and it's just so scary. <laughs> um, boy, and it doesn't. Let me see. Let me refresh my memory. I read this like earlier the week. It's gorgeous. They it are gorgeous. gorgeous. Every it issue is, gorgeous. is totally fucking gorgeous. And this grem- gremlin penis. Gremlin. <laughs> hey, I saw the. Yeah, I did flip through it. I was like, "Ooh, it's a little gremlin dong." Yep. There's gremlin penis. He's 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 uncircumcised. And this gremlin is in his dementia mind. This gremlin is what is stealing his memories. Um, and there's moments and stuff where he's just pleading, no, please don't take this one. Don't like Aww. his first love Aww. and moments with her. Yeah. Glad and, I didn't read and, this. And, and, yeah. Fuck, that's and, some and, brutal shit for Jeff. Yeah. And he's helpless in bed and just thinking, no, don't take this one. And then it's gone. And, and it doesn't end. It doesn't end happily. Oh God. Cool. What do you give it? And let's let Colette do a final uh, story about uh, an issue. Cause I can't uh, deal with that shit right yeah, now. I'll give it a 10 for sure. You fucking guy. Oh, I look at this cover. This, this, cover. Gooey, 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 this cover gooey. is so beautiful. We should have done oyster shots. <laughs> this might be the most tens in one episode. Andrew's yeah, going to have to let I us know. I think so. Oh. Yeah. And Andrew Fox is going to have to have to let us know. Um, yeah, that's one of the highest caliber books coming out, but uh, it it does have the ability to be so brutal. Yeah. Glad you want to pick a pick an sure. issue to to get us some ones on since Roman did a real responsible job of not being long on that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, like I basketball heads was really great mm. this week as yeah. always. This book gets better every issue somehow. I think you're the only one um, reading this one. But I'm definitely gonna talk about uh, issue seven of Batman Curse of the White Knight by Sean Murphy and Sean Murphy. Um, <laughs> and my dreams made comic. Uh, I This second run of the White Knight's verse started a little, a little lackluster to me compared to the, the first run, but this has gotten so freaking good the end of issue six made me very teary-eyed but it it was more that like it it hit so hard i couldn't even process the emotions these characters are so well developed they carry so much of what's so great about what you know of the batman characters they're true to themselves but taken in such a different way i think it's a prime example of what an elseworld can be do you like this book? This one, like, can you compare it to the previous one? So I loved that first one, and I haven't read any of this one. I I think I could have used like a solid year off between them, mm-hmm. just because it's really special. But it is an Elseworlds thing, and I just I would have rather really missed it and then gotten back into it. Uh, so I am really excited to read this when it's all collected. But the- how does it compare? Better or worse? It's very much a continuation. Okay. It's the same story. It's just definitely a new chapter in the same story. It's not... They're not, like, self-contained little 
I don't I don't know how exactly I'm trying to describe this, but it, it definitely is building on everything that happened in the last one. And I think it's um, this wouldn't be as good if you didn't read the first one, mm-hmm. but it builds on so much on the emotional uh, aspects of the first arc that this has been really, really great because of the it, it's rounding out the emotional journey for all these characters. I see that they have and, kept the cool Harley Quinn design in the W of the typography. Is mm-hmm. the Harley Quinn storyline present in it? still cool. a major. You don't. The Both first issue, she's not. No. Okay. Uh, Neo Joker is not in this. Okay, good. I'm less interested in Neo Joker. Yeah. And I want that no, classic Harley. No, this is Harley. definitely. Um, spoilers Harley's pregnant in oh, issue two and has Harley. little babies twins oh god that's a good Batmobile. And, uh, oh yeah that's like it's, tim burton batmobile mm-hmm, i love it exactly this one's uh bruce's favorite oh. <laughs> according to this issue this issue i feel like i don't want to give you guys spoilers i don't really about want it. them if you're willing to <laughs> yeah no i'm yeah. just gonna i i just want to say everybody who's not reading this should be reading this there's one issue left i love it hmm. fucking love this series <laughs> give me people a score uh, this issue itself is definitely one of those. There was a huge event at the end of the last issue, and the next issue is going to be the final one of the series. So this is that a lot happens, but it's that kind of connective tissue. Okay. So I would give this one, give this one a seven and a half. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe an eight. Let's go eight. All right. Um, I dig it. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump in. Let's just jump in here real quick. Um. Two. The mailbag. My phone's frozen. Woo! It's, no it's about to die, actually. Oh, buddy. Don't die on me, you sweet, sweet While you're playing with your phone, I'd just like to add that, yeah, Basketful of Heads, it's always a, it's always a little ahead of the other comics. <laughs> no. Oh, Roman. Oh, Roman. It's a little head. <laughs> See how it feels. Oh, man, this phone. You precious angel, you. <laughs> oh, you got it. Okay. Um, so Andrew Carlson wanted to ask, and Roman, Colette, I don't know uh-huh. if we all have internal maps built up enough for this, um, but, and the phone did just die, uh, <laughs> which Krakoan habitat would you want to live in if you could live in any of them? We've got the sextant of all the younger ones, we've got the moon, ba- sextant, S-E-X-T-A-N-T, <laughs> Roman, not sextant, where they're all boning down. It's oh, okay. actually a okay. name. No, I thought, okay. Um, yeah, I, thought, I definitely thought the latter. We've got the so- the summer's lunar base, we've got... Uh, the uh, Hellfire Bay. Hellfire Bay, we've got, you know... House of M. Yep, the the Magento's zone. Yeah, um... Uh, I love I w- when Roman starts talking about Magneto so excitedly he forgets to self-censor and he still calls him Magneto. It's I so cute. It. Um, See, I, I didn't have the cartoon when I was growing up, so I never heard the actual word said out loud until like I think the actual word is Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nowhere. Is that what? Uh, where, That's uh, where Moira is. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the other couple... What's a there's Sinister's area, area there's has forge a... in the like the, the underneath. Yeah, I would go with the summer's base on the moon because like to be able to wake up and have your coffee and stare at Earth from the moon is is my favorite idea basically. <sighs> Although I mean I would also consider Kitty's boat, Kate's boat, uh, a, a place. I'd be getting seasick all the time. 
Do you you well, ride boats? Actually, I don't know if I've never been seasick. I yeah. just assume if I had to live on one, I'd be getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a ship, so it's not going to be moving as much. But and she also has a what is it? The red keep. There's the white yeah, keep, the that's black true. keep, and the red keep. So she's got her oh, own. That's true. In the bay, keeps are pretty cool. And yeah. regardless of where Roman wants to go, he would definitely be in the prison with everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would <laughs> definitely be down in the pit. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know where I would want to be. I want to say down in nowhere with Moira just to be all, you know, angsty and me. Um, Django told me she's supposed to be making a, a reappearance in the next couple of issues. I'm not sure what his source is, but I'm excited. I want to hang yeah. out in the jungle with Logan. Yeah, oh, I want yeah, to. Sure. Well, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to be on the moon because I want to hang out with my dad. And, uh, and watch him bone down another <laughs> yeah, guy yeah. and another girl. The moon one and, is pretty uh, cool. I don't know. I don't really like Young Cable, but he is. Ugh. He does have a good butt, so he yeah, might yeah. hang out. I can't stand Young Cable. Oh, I can't stand either. Pyro. I do like Rachel. Maybe, yeah. and I love Nightcrawler, so maybe I want to hang out in this cathedral with him. Mm -hmm. Yep, Roman needs to be in the cathedral. That makes total sense. Let's consider yeah. that a region as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got Moon, Moon, and and that, uh, and Church Boy, even though he's definitely meant to be in the underground. I'm, well, no, you have I'm to an have ordained balance. minister. So there's the. Yeah, me too, Roman. It means I spent $40 online and answered some questions. Oh, mine was free. Yeah, well, you didn't get the parking pass. No, I didn't get no. <laughs> They really sent me a parking pass. I, I just hope my bike doesn't get stolen. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and if I had had internet service or a thing that could get me there, um, <laughs> Wynn wrote us an awesome letter about TKO oh. books. We're going to wait till uh, Django is here because he's been reading all the TKO books. Hmm. Um, we had a, a review from Dino about Wolverine. Oh. I'm sorry, Dino. Uh, my I, phone is I, I dead. I have a power cord. Post editing. Can I get my power cord? Throw it in there later. Yeah, maybe I'll throw his thing in later. I'm not okay. sure. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> we love you, Dino. <laughs> we love you, Dino. I just don't. I already do a lot of editing. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard, everybody. Um, okay, well, she said. <laughs> Colette, come on, come on. Come on. Jeez Louise. I guess if she said it, it would be, it's wet, it's wet. Oh, everybody. God. Oh. I'm so done with this conversation. <laughs> it's so inappropriate to be aroused, and I, I, I abhor you for bringing up arousal on our podcast. Uh, I don't. I support all arousals. I, working with Roman as often as I do, I just had to create a base level of, uh, of being at peace with constantly aroused. Um, all right. Well, in that case, everybody. Thanks for listening to Perfectly Acceptable Podcast, episode 168. We'll see you next week for 169. 169. Nice. Um, every Tuesday we engage. Oh, fuck. No, that's the intro. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. for. Uh, well, thank you, Dino, for um, sending some reviews. We'll get to those. Andrew, thank you, as always, for uh, sending a question. And everybody else can do that. You can dial 1-619-663-7336 uh, to get us a phone call, leave us a voicemail, or you can write an email, which seems to be the preferred method. And you can write down your question and send it to us at info at the comics place. And just in your subject line, write attention, pop, podcast, podcast question, whatever you want. We'll get it either way. Um, thank you, Colette, for being on. Woo, thank you for having Roman, me. Roman, uh, I appreciate you being on as well. Okay. Django, where the fuck are you? Um, but I am Jeff, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody for that Dirty 69 next week. <laughs> Super halfway through it made a bad face. Like, don't say what you're saying. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, we're sweet and innocent, I swear. You guys you guys always, like, wait for the other person to say a thing. It's yeah, like the yeah. two, like... I'm, I'm just in shock because all this, all this body talk is offensive to me. <laughs> body, Roman's body talk is a podcast that we need to make as a sister podcast. Oh.
Acts yeah, that probably. won't be as nearly as long as the clock says because you'll just have to cut out all uh, yeah. the amount of pauses between the two of us. 12, 12 minutes. And, and the who amount are you? of like statements that <laughs> I just end up dropping halfway through what I'm trying to say <laughs> that you just have to cut the whole thing. Roman's body talk is a super, super unlistenable podcast <laughs> that everyone should look up because he's got six episodes in. And... I'm Colette. Yeah. Are we... I, I didn't realize we were still going. Yeah, I thought we were oh, done. Oh, no, you, you didn't say your name. <laughs> oh. Because you said our names for us. Uh, no, you got to do a sign-off. Everyone oh. does a sign-off. I'm Colette, and I am not This is my sign-off. <laughs> this is my sign-off. Hey. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This